Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro, and we are here to talk about the things of the day, get some understanding together. We're going to spend some time together today, this afternoon, as you make your way home from work or you're heading out to uh, some kind of a function or you're picking up the kids at school, whatever it is you're doing, we're going to talk about some things and get together a little bit. So what is the real, what is the real problem with an open border uh, at our southern border? What's the real trouble there? Is it really that we don't want people coming in that are unvetted, that we, that we don't want uh, potential criminals coming across? Or is it that we just don't want more people to come into our country? What, what possibly could it be? Well, I think there, there's a lot of things here. We're seeing the chaos on the border that people have been talking about, people on the right have been talking about the potential for a national security problem uh, or a crime problem. And, you know, and all of that is, is poo-pooed as though, oh, it's just, you're just a hater and you don't want people coming here. There are no criminals. Everyone is pure as the wind-driven snow that is coming across the, uh, the border. And we know, as we have said here many, many times, that probably seems pretty clear that the huge majority of people who were trying to come in here illegally to America are doing so simply for a better life. That's, that's what. They want a better life uh, than the life that they currently have in whatever country they come from. I think that's, that's probably the most basic truth. I also think there are people that are being uh, allowed into this country by our own government without proper vetting that are potentially dangerous to us that could hurt us. And here's, here's really the rub on this whole thing. And, and we'll talk about a specific incident that just happened recently. But if you let somebody across the border and they've asked Mayorkas um, from Homeland Security, is it possible that any of those people crossing the border are going to commit crimes? And his answer was honest. He said, well, yes, I think it's inevitable that some of them will. So basically, we are allowing American citizens to be victimized by people, uh, become victims of crime, could be petty theft, could be a punch in the face, could be a sexual assault, could be a homicide, crashed in a car, killing your family. We're allowing that to happen because of the border policy that we have to have it open. And of course, we're told it's not open by the president's uh, spokespeople, but we all know uh, the border patrol people the politicians, everybody who's been there know it is a wide open border. People come in and they get stopped and they give their information and then they're, they're told they can go and they better turn themselves in wherever they end up for their hearing at some day. And we all know that's just nonsense. That's a, that's a ruse to say, see, we're stopping all these people. We know who they are. Well, we found out recently that 28 people on the terrorist watch list were allowed into the country. 28. 19 people destroyed us on 9-11 when they flew the planes into the buildings in the biggest terrorist attack. But now we have at least 28 here, and probably uh, those are the ones that they know about. There's probably a lot more they don't know about that are here. We saw that they had a known terrorist released into the state of Florida recently. And Governor DeSantis found out about it, and he is uh, righteously outraged 
as should all the people of the state of Florida, that our government allowed a known terrorist into the United States and then allowed them to make allowed him to make his way to the state of Florida. Now, they, they realized uh, this is pretty bad. We better go find this guy. And they did. But it took them two weeks to find the guy and take him back into custody. What did he do in those two weeks? Did he lounge on the beach in, uh, in Boca Raton? Did he go to Key West and enjoy the fishing? Was he up in St. Augustine enjoying the pristine beauty of northern Florida? Maybe. Maybe that's what he did. Maybe he just wanted to make it. But maybe he renounced all his desire to be a terrorist and hurt Americans. And he was just trying to live a better life. Maybe. I'll give him that credit. Maybe he was. Or did he meet with other people? Maybe some other known terrorists that we don't know currently where they are. And he met with them. And we're finding that uh, maybe they made some plans. And maybe something happens in the state of Florida or somewhere else. Do we know that is not that didn't happen? No, we don't know that that didn't happen. It's certainly a possibility when we allow known terrorists into our country. Many times we've talked about this, and it, it does seem like, you know, beating a, beating a horse over and over because does anybody do anything about it? Does our president do anything about it? No, they want people in here. And I heard, I'm trying to think of the commentator. I'm trying to think of the commentator who basically voiced something that I have said multiple times. So uh, I want to take I want to take my own credit for, for something I brought up and have said, and I'm not the only one, so I'm not saying I'm the only one that said it. But when you have things that look like incompetence or look like mistakes or look like bad judgments, and they happen over and over and over, you can make an evaluation of what's going on. You can say, uh, the government is incompetent. The people in charge are incompetent. They are... Uh, they have poor judgment. They can't make good judgment calls. But the the answer to that criticism would be to see the government people who are in charge of all of this nonsense, the border, the problems that we have, uh, the gas prices, the no baby food. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of things that you could attribute to uh, incompetence, stupidity, uh, inexperience. But wouldn't you fix those things once you found out about them? I mean, wouldn't you then turn around and go, geez, um, this is not a good idea to allow uh, unvetted people into the country and bust them around in the middle of the night. Uh, especially now that we see that a guy was just arrested uh, in Ohio, I believe it was, was just arrested plotting to uh, assassinate former President George Bush. Now, this is a known terrorist that got into our country and made his way to Ohio, the beautiful state of Ohio, and was arrested uh, because he was going to, uh, he was going to, he was an Iraqi citizen, I believe. He got in here. He came on a, a visa to visit. Um, and he overstayed his, his visa, and then he wanted to, to get another visa. But part of his plan, we find out after he got arrested, was that he was going to use the southern open border of Mexico to bring in three additional Iraqi citizens, terrorists, who would help him uh, carry out the plot against former President Bush. And the plan was they were going to have a van, you know, the sliding door. Uh, they were going to go to the place where President Bush lives. They were going to ride up alongside of his car as he was driving or being driven, whatever the case was, slide open the door, and then... Uh, using uh, guns, 
shoot him up and kill him. The part of the plan uh, that we should all be shaking our heads at and going, oh my gosh, is his plot to bring additional terrorists into America through the open southern border. There's proof positive. There you go. Terrorists know about it. And if this guy knew about it, you can be bet you can bet for sure others knew about it. And who else is here in our country? Who else is here in our country to do damage to maybe they want political figures, maybe they want military people. Maybe they accidentally take out 150 regular people too when they blow up a building or when they attack a bunch of people. Right? Now, we don't know for sure that those people are here. We know 28 of them got in. And we know that uh, there's been, what, 2 million people who have come in illegally. And they also say there's been 800,000 gotaways, almost another million people who got away, who didn't get caught. We don't know who they are. They, they ran and they've, they found safe haven and they're in the country. Nobody even knows who they are. How many of them may be terrorists? Because now we know, proof positive, that the terrorists, real terrorists, know they can get in over the southern border. Wouldn't you shut that border down immediately? Wouldn't that be the very first thing you did? Like the minute you heard about this, you go, wow, our, our, our idea of bringing in future Democrat voters, and we have to say, and that's how I'm going to finish up my thought here, is that uh, when you see these incompetent mistakes, when you see poor judgment over and over and over again, and you don't see anyone fix them, learn from their mistakes, then the only thing you can attribute it to is that it's an on purpose. The border is open on purpose. Uh, so that all of these people can come into our country. And, you know, when we do an investigation, there's a couple of very pertinent questions you have to ask. Number one, who benefits from whatever the situation is? And number two, follow the money. And if you do that and you ask those two questions and you apply it to this, because now we have to say what's happening at the southern border is now clearly a national security uh, crisis. It is a humanitarian crisis. It is a financial crisis. It is a healthcare crisis at the border because these, these border towns are overwhelmed with what's going on down there. So when we look at this and we identify it and we say it's, it's no longer really stupidity or uh, just ineptness, it is an on purpose. And that purpose, we ask the question, who benefits and follow the money? Well, who benefits from all these people coming in illegally? Uh, clearly, our friends on the left think they're going to come in and vote Democrat, vote lefty, vote socialist. And that's who's going to win. I mean, how else can you, how else can you look at it? Uh, I don't think there's any other way you can look at it rationally. And say, so, oh, they just want to be nice and let people move in. That's why. They want to just give, let them come and have a better life. Well, everybody can understand that feeling. And like I said, I clearly believe that most of the people coming are good and decent people who just want a better life for their families or for themselves. Unfortunately, we don't have the resources for them. We cannot just allow everybody in and pay them, give them money that we don't have anymore. We are now so ridiculously in debt that our great-grandchildren may not ever get out of this. We see the effects on the economy, and we see a looming recession. Well, how does it benefit us to have 3 million more people here taking the jobs that will be very limited once the recession hits? from American citizens. Who benefits from any of that? Well, the people that get to stay in power. Uh, you people, nobody cares. What the hell do we care about you? Uh, you won't vote for us, we'll bring in people who will. 
I mean, that's the only thing I can think that it is. I, I try to find every other possibility, but that's the only thing I can really think it is. And now we have this proof that there was a terrorist who's plotting to kill a former president of the United States. Uh, a terrible, terrible thing. And how many more plots are going on out there right now as we speak? I don't know. But uh, when you look at evidence, you'd have to say, if we know of 28, let's just say out of that 900,000 gotaways, only 28 additional known terrorists got into the country. And that's 28 terrorists in the country. So now you have 28 people who are here illegally who have a desire to hurt us, and maybe they will. And how do you say, and I asked the... the Secretary of Homeland Security there, I ask him, the people who would not normally in their lifetime be victimized by crime, murder, rape, robbery, beating, theft, whatever, that you say is inevitable by letting in so many people unvetted to the country, what do you say to those people? What value do those people have as people, as individuals, as American citizens? As the Director of Homeland Security, Right? Isn't your job to secure the homeland for the people who live in the homeland? Not to open the border to let anybody just pour in here, even if it's for good intents because you care about people and you know people just want a better life. Well, that you know, my neighbor has a better house than me. I don't just walk in the front door and go take their stuff because I want it and it's there and they could probably afford it. And what if they couldn't, who cares? I'm just going to take it because I want it or need it. We are really, we are really on a strange path here. I mean, there was more statistics came out the other day that 65% of registered Democrats believe that socialism is the better way to go. I mean, we keep bringing this statistic up, but you got to reveal that, you know, they're, they're, we're seeing more and more radicalized people who believe that this socialism is the way to go, and they're getting positions. They're taking positions in the government. Eventually, that's going to have an effect. And eventually, if they get the majority again, where they have the presidency and they have the Senate and they have the House and they're all radicals, they're going to do all kinds of things that you're not going to like, that none of us are going to like. And that is really part of the problem. So that's the whole idea. I'm looking at that, and when I heard about this plot against President Bush, uh, and I wouldn't care what president it was against. If it was against a regular citizen, the head of a corporation, we're all Americans here. We have a known terrorist plotting to kill an American. Let's just put it that way. The fact that it happens to be an ex-president is even worse. If they did something like this to try and get President Obama, I don't agree with his policies. He is still a former president of the United States and he should be protected. We shouldn't be letting people in the country that might want to do bad things to him. He has to be protected at all costs, right? Well, don't each and every one of us deserve the most basic of protections of saying, shut the border unless we can vet each and every person immediately. So, all right. So we every once in a while, we put on our fantasy hat and we say, okay, uh, uh, Joe, what if you were president? What would you do ahead of the Senate? I would have a huge push on to create a brand new uh, division of the court system that would simply be, be uh, you know, I know we have immigration courts. This would be specifically designed and centered along the borders, north and south, because people come in from the northern border as well. 
Uh, we see the biggest problem from the south. But people come in illegally from the northern border. And they this court system would be set up right there. And the job descriptions of the judges and everyone involved in that new division of the court system would be the immediate hearing of, uh, of people who want to come in migrant stories to determine whether or not they get to stay. None of this drop them off in, uh, in Canton, Ohio, or, or bust them to Dutchess County, New York, and tell them, go turn yourself in and call us next year when we have a hearing. The hearing would be right then and there immediately. Uh, I would staff it with enough judges and courtrooms so that their only job would be when people are uh, contacted, when they're taken into custody, they get walked right in, they get a defense attorney, and none of this nine-month uh, non-going round and round, we got to let them go while we look at their case. No, make your case right now. What is your case? The only case to, to really let someone in is if they're in absolute danger back in their hometown and they need to be a, a refugee. Well, we have economic refugees. Well, there's no economy in their place. They, they need to go. Well, I feel bad about that. We can find ways to help them economically, but we don't just let everybody in. And anybody that the judges determine shouldn't be here. This is not a good reason to let you in the country bypassing the system, right? If they go through the system, they go through the regular processes and they're vetted and they're cleared and they come in, then welcome aboard. Come on to America. Make it a better place. Join the family. But if you're going to come in illegally, you have an immediate hearing when you get there and you have to make your case. And you know, well, people can't make a case when they're on the road. No, then we have to let that be known to people that are coming. You better have your case prepared. You better have fakes. You better have find some way. Well, they can't do it. They don't have pens and pencils. They're not American citizens. That's for them to worry about. They can figure that out along the way, that they need pens and pencils and they need to figure out why they, they, they need to come to America. Right? This is, this is we, we can't take care of the whole world is what I'm saying. We can't take care of the whole world just because the whole world needs it. And I feel bad saying that. I really do. I believe in charity. Uh, personally, I help families in many different parts of the world that are suffering, that are alone, that need food, that need money. Uh, my family does what we can within the uh, resources I have to try and help people because I believe individually we should help people. Our churches should help people. But we can't just let everybody come pouring across the border, run in the front door, and then disappear into the country. So I would have this court system set up right there. And the judges would know. Part of their job would be, once you're named a federal judge, you don't get the life of Cush. You're not living a Cush life because you're a federal judge now. You will be on the bench, ready to go at 8 a.m., and you will work eight hours doing cases. Just like our Border Patrol people work. They show up on right on time. They work all day. Enough of this, uh, you know, oh, you're a judge, so you're the greatest thing in the world. You don't like that. Don't apply for that court. So that's what I would do, right? We, we think of, what would President Joe do? That's how I would try and solve this problem. Of course, with all legal, uh, legal constitutional issues uh, incorporated into what we're doing. But I wouldn't let people just disappear into the country. I would make sure that there was a, a hearing, uh, maybe within two days. We have enough accommodations to hold people for two days. And guess what? If it turns out there's more people than we have facilities for, then we turn the other people around. You can try and come back next week, right? You don't get just to come to America because you want to, right? That's not a horrible thing. That's not a hatred thing. That's just a, a, an absolute reality that we can't allow this to continue because we now see that a real terrorist is in the country, was plotting to kill a former president of the United States, and that is horrific, and we cannot let that stand. All right, so 
this is this is something I wanted to you know get out there and, and talk about this. Um, what else is going on that's crazy? All right, so now that we're seeing that there's a, a tragedy in Texas, a, a looks like a school shooting took place again in Texas. Two people were killed and multiple children were hospitalized during a short uh, a shooting event at an elementary school. These are little kids, right? This is up to eighth grade, right? No, that's middle school. These are up to fifth grade, elementary. In Uvalde, Texas, is am I saying it right? Uvalde, Texas, which was on lockdown uh, after a report of an active shooter who was uh, in custody. They're not saying much about it, but apparently it was the Rob Elementary School. Uh, uh, one person had been shot, the shooter, uh, and they, they ran to the elementary school and they became barricaded in there. Two people were confirmed, brought to the hospital, deceased. Thirteen children taken to a facility via ambulance or bust. Right? This is an active shooter at Robb Elementary. This is a horrifying, horrifying thing, um, keeping our kids safe. As we come out of this COVID, um, we have to consider this. Uh, there was another incident uh, very recently, too, in the last, uh, in the last couple of days, where a guy um, ran over a couple of kids uh, at an elementary school, rode his car. Uh, apparently, maybe he was intoxicated. There was something wrong with the guy. But he rode and, and ran over three elementary school kids uh, before the police managed to take him into custody. What, what is going on? You know, uh, this, is this part of the, the overall crime increase that's going on in the country? Or, or these, was this a targeted attack? You know, were these, were these little children targeted for some reason? I don't know. We saw the active shooter in uh, in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago, where it was racially charged. You know, a, 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 a evil, horrifying animal decided to attack uh, African American people uh, for whatever sick thing he had going on his head, and he targeted American citizens. And he went and shot him. He killed ten people. This is this is crazy. And the answer, like I've said before, is not take away the guns. It's investigate the people. It's take it seriously. How many times were people taken into custody and been released and all of these no bail nonsense uh, things we have in the country now? Let's turn our, our attention to New York City. New York City uh, crime, I think they're saying crime is up uh, 28% or 27% since Mayor Adams took office. Right? Here's a guy that was going to come in and, and clean things up and he's not. Uh, crime is even up more than him. So here's a, a man, 48 years old, coming, I believe, from Brooklyn into Manhattan to have a brunch with his family. And another crazed nut standing there pulls a gun and shoots the guy in the chest for no reason whatsoever and kills him. 48-year-old guy. Apparently, he worked at Goldman Sachs, so he had a real job. He had a real family. He was a real person. And now his family is is at a loss as to how can this happen just getting on the subway? I believe it's the fourth homicide in the subways of New York since January. You know, what are we doing? How, okay, Lieutenant Joe, you're now the mayor of New York. How do you solve this? Well, there's two problems when you want to try and solve crime like this. Number one, you can either solve the problem for real, or number two, you can try and be politically correct, dance around, uh, pretend to solve problems. Try try not to offend anyone. Try not to try not to speak truth. Don't speak any truth. Don't talk about real facts. Let's dance around, and that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. So, how would Lieutenant Joe do it? Well, I would look to what has worked in the past. How did we clean up New York City? I remember I was I was a kid in the late seventies, eighteen years old or so, 
And I remember going to New York. It was a hellhole. It was a mess. Every Times Square, you didn't go to Times Square. And then Rudy came in, Rudy Giuliani, and say what you want about, oh, he's a Trump guy, he's a this or that. He was a great mayor. He actually saved the city of New York. Uh, we talked about this too before, from 3,000 murders to 300. Even 300 is too many. Uh, that's almost one a day. But 3,000, that's almost 10 a day or something, right? So Rudy did the right thing. He cracked down on crime by not allowing the criminals to run the asylum, right? If you commit a crime, you get locked up. Well, we don't want, we don't want to incarcerate people uh, in jail because it's not really fair. for pe If somebody does something violent, you lock them up, you take them away from society. Simple. It's not a hard answer. It's not a hard question. It's not a hard problem to figure out. You have terrorists coming over the border, so you shut down the border. It's not that, it's not that hard to understand. We don't let people come pouring across. They come through a door. We vet them. They're not, they're not right. We send them back. They're okay. We bring them in, let them have a hearing. Right? Criminals are the same thing. Um, I know Mayor Adams had this whole idea, the, the political correct anti-gun unit. I'm going to bring it back, he says. I'm going to bring back the anti-gun unit, uh, and I'm going to put them in uniform. Um, well, when people see uniformed officers and they're doing something wrong, they go away. They disappear. You can't find them. You need plainclothes officers. Now, I heard an argument the other day that having plainclothes officers do this put the officers in danger of friendly fire. You know, if an officer's making a gun arrest... Uh, from somebody and they're pointing a gun at the subject, another cop rolling up on it might just see another guy or a girl with a gun pointing at another person and we have friendly fire. It does happen. Well, there's, there's color of the day, which used to be um, different color bandanas that the officers would pull out of their hands, uh, pull out and, and hold up when they were doing something. So arriving cops would know that that was law enforcement. You can wear, you can wear shirts that fold up with Velcro that say police in big giant letters on them and as you walk up to the person, you see something, they don't see you because the shirt doesn't say it, you don't see it. Now you're going to take action, boom, you pull the shirt down, it says police, everybody sees you to police, now you're marked. But you're already using the element of surprise to get up on the criminal and stop them. And if you have, you know, if you have probable cause to frisk them, then you frisk them. And there's lots of ways we can see that people are carrying guns besides just randomly frisking people because we don't like people. That's not how it really works. Uh, there are telltale signs when people are carrying a weapon, carrying in the pocket, carrying on their waist, carrying on their ankle. There's ways to see this. Uh, I saw a video the other day, and it was where was it? Oh, I want to say, I want to say it was New York, somewhere in Lower Manhattan, maybe. And there was a, uh, a young female reporter, and she's reporting uh, on some big party or something that's going on. And behind her, some people start fighting, and this guy just pulls this gigantic uh, pistol out of his pocket and starts waving it around at people. Uh, everybody runs and scatters, and this guy puts the gun back in his pocket and walks away. A guy that'll pull a gun out of his pocket, start waving it in people's faces, will shoot someone. That is who the police are going after, trying to protect us, trying to stop people that are just randomly walking around because they think they got a right to carry their gun. And I'm not talking about legal gun carriers. I'm talking about the criminal element that walk around with their gun so they can rob you, shoot you, uh, use it to, to get you to do what they want to do when they want to do it. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So there are ways to solve these problems. These are not mysteries, right? The problem we have is having the guts and the, uh, the wherewithal to actually confront criminals and take them off the street. All right, so listen, this has been good. I got to vent. I really feel good about that. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a few minutes with more Chasing Justice. 
While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Come inside, come inside. And I don't know any more words than that. Uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, right? Good song when I was a kid. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Come inside, come inside. It was really good. And that's what I'm saying to you. Come on back in the tent. Let's keep talking, right? We we have some time here to spend together. So what else is going on in this country besides open borders that are out of control, crime that's out of control? Um, How about some of the elections that are going on? You know, uh, we had a big election in Pennsylvania. We still don't really know the answer yet, do we? Did it come out yet? Is it Dr. Oz or is it the other guy uh, that got the uh, that got only a thousand votes maybe between them to determine who actually won that election? So when people say to you, uh, fraud don't matter, uh, it's so small, the small amount of fraud don't matter. Well, if you had uh, 2000 votes of fraud in that election, the election would be over. And I'm not saying which candidate is better. That's up to, you know, people of Pennsylvania. Uh, I like Dr. Raz. I like all the Republican candidates there in Pennsylvania. I thought they were good. I was a little concerned about um, uh, Ms. Barrett and, and some of the things that she was talking about. She talked a good game, uh, but I really didn't research enough about her. But uh, 
Dr. Oz, I kind of know him, and I'm, I'm hoping that he's honest and truthful. And But my point is, they're separated by less than 1,000 votes, 1,000 votes. So if you had 2,000 fake votes added into that pile, that would determine who wins that, uh, that wins that election, right? So in a very close election, even a small amount of fraud can cause a problem. So we need to secure our elections. In Georgia... Uh, which I think this is pretty interesting. Remember when, when Georgia, the state of Georgia, wanted to change their voting laws to make it uh, more reliable, more secure? Because you don't want people just voting 10 times. You don't, want, you don't want that. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, you don't want voter fraud. Um, it might benefit you, uh, voter fraud, but it might work against you. And you, you want to make sure they're honest and open elections, right? Isn't that what we all want? And everybody complained, this is a racist law. This is, you're trying to keep minority people from voting. You're trying to, and I said, what are you talking about? Uh, well, they can't get IDs. They can't get to the polls. Who says? Absolutely ridiculous. What a, what a thing to say about people, that they can't get IDs. Everybody gets IDs. It's very simple to get an ID. It is really just an excuse uh, to allow the opportunity for fraud. You see, people use that as an op- as an excuse to say, well, that's why we have to have these mail-in ballots, which can be frauded. We have to have these drop-off ballots, which can be frauded. We have to have this, which can be frauded. All these things can be frauded. So we see in Georgia, they said this was going to destroy the elections, that the minority people in Georgia were not going to be able to vote. It was going to be bad. It was going to be... Well, they're having uh, some some elections down there right now, and they're saying that the turnout is not just good, it is overwhelming. And everybody's getting to vote, right? No matter who you are, what color you are, who you love, it don't matter. Everyone gets a chance to vote. So all of the nonsense that they brought up uh, trying to stop the state of Georgia from changing their laws to make a more secure election uh, has proved to be absolutely nonsense once again. You know, our, the, some of these arguments from our friends on the left uh, are veiled, just like, you know, open the border. It's not really open. We get everybody's name before we send them off and we have no idea who they are. So some of these things are, are a problem. They absolutely are. I want a secure election. If my candidate doesn't win, my candidate didn't do a good enough job and has not convinced enough people to vote for him. Or maybe people do not like the ideas that I agree with. They want other ideas. That's how elections go. But it has to be honest and truthful. Now, um, Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor last time, and I think she said her election was stolen. I think she said that the that it was stolen, that it was frauded, uh, that there was all kinds of problems. And she never, uh, never really said that it was it was a fair election, and she lost because people didn't want her ideas. Gee, um, aren't they saying that about Republicans that they won't they won't concede, they won't accept? Oh well, let's, that's an argument for another day. But Stacey Abrams is apparently running again. She wants to be the Democratic nominee, and she'll probably win. She's a very popular woman uh, in Georgia. Uh, Whether or not she takes the governor's chair this time around again, which she didn't last time, that will be seen. But the point here I'm making is that with the new laws in place, um, nobody was prevented from voting. Matter of fact, they're saying that the turnout is overwhelming. It is gigantic. And isn't that what we want? Every vote to count. Isn't that the idea? We want everyone to post their vote, right? We all have a right to vote, and we should be able to post our vote. And it looks like uh, another thing that was brought up was a bunch of nonsense, and Georgia is doing just fine. So we want to uh, pay attention and see what goes on down there. But I, I find that funny. All of this uh, this crying and screaming, and it was going to be this, and that. it turns out it's none of that. It's exactly 
what it was intended to do, make the elections there more secure. And may the best candidate win. Let's just put it that way. Um, let's look into our bag of tricks over here and let's say, what is a huge, gigantic, unbelievable story that came out that we see, uh, I'm going to say a little bit, and I'm not going to say little, I'm going to say zero coverage by the mainstream left-wing media. What would that be? Well, there's probably lots of them, you know, because they don't cover things that hurt anybody on the left. They just don't. They ignore it. They don't talk about it. They won't bring it up, which is just as bad as lying, right? Because you're, you're, you're covering up in a different way. And that story that I'm talking about is one that most of us on the right, most of us, even people on the left who, who, who are of common sense and who are honest and who look at things, know that guess what? There was no real Russian collusion with Trump and Alpha Bank or Putin or anybody else. It was all made up. And who made it up? Who approved it? <gasps> Why, Hillary Clinton, who says she was frauded out of the election, Trump didn't win, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And it turns out what we all knew, right? We all knew that that's where it came from because we're not trying purposely to absolve the Clintons, especially Hillary, of anything that they've done, right? If you're just looking at this by the facts, we all knew it. We knew this from the beginning, that this this was something that she would have done. This was one of their dirty tricks that they come up with. You know, historically, how many years have we heard about the October surprise? Some big dirty trick that's going to be dumped at the last minute uh, where there's no time to investigate it. And it creates a bad picture of the candidate that they, whoever it is that doesn't like, and that's supposed to turn the vote. So let me ask this question of you. Ask you. Look in your mirror right now. You know, uh, look in the car mirror if you're driving. Be safe, but look in the mirror and say to yourself, am I so stupid that at the last minute in an election, when some big nonsense thing is dumped in front of me, I'm going to say, let me go against all my principles. Let me go against the party I think is going to help my country. Let me go against everything that's in my best interest because of this ridiculous story that we know comes every October in election season, and I'm going to vote for the other candidate, the candidate that I'm against, the candidate whose policies I don't like, the candidate whose policies could further ruin my state or my country. Because of this idiotic story that we know is concocted somewhere, uh, if, and, and I'll tell you, and here's the difference, if the Republicans do uh, an October surprise, uh, it will be vetted, it will be investigated, it will be looked at, and it will be torn apart. And if it's not true, that's what you're going to hear about for days and days and days. Matter of fact, it's going to start out in the mainstream media that it is a trick. The Hunter Biden laptop. Didn't we hear about that? And what was the unanimous, unanimous consensus of the people on the left? This is a, this is a Russian trick. This is a fake. This is a Trump trick. This isn't real. There's no such thing. Oh, the, this, this kid is, is a golden boy. He's great. He's part of the wonderful... Uh, clean as wind-driven snow, Biden family. And everybody else was saying, uh, I don't know. Uh, looks like a pretty pretty nasty thing we got here. Kid was dopey enough to leave some laptops around with important information on it. And now we know about it. How come there was no investigation? How come it was simply, what do we hear? That's been debunked. That's been looked at and debunked. The president himself said, there's nothing to it. It's Russian disinformation. Didn't we hear that? weeks and weeks and weeks and months and until very recently until very recently did we hear that oh my gosh it's real and everything on there is true 
it is a real Hunter Biden laptop. And there are payments to Joe Biden and payments to Hunter and payment and, and connections to the Chinese and connections to all these other foreign governments that are enemies. Isn't it funny? And we have the big story about Hillary Clinton authorizing the Russian hoax, knowing it the whole time. Her whole campaign knew it was nonsense. We're seeing that uh, the FBI investigated and the Mueller investigated and probably knew within a couple of weeks, if at the most a couple of weeks, that it was nonsense, that it was all made up, right? But it went on for how many months and years and damaged uh, President Trump's um, presidency. And it's pretty funny because look at all the good things that he did, even in the middle of that fight. Imagine how much he could have helped all the communities in America uh, if he had been allowed to just be the president who won the election, then he gets to do his policies, right? Wouldn't that have been fantastic? Because um, we're seeing now President Biden won, and I'm going to say he won because I don't know that he didn't. I have a lot of doubts about things that went on, uh, you know, but I'm not going to say that he did win. He won. He's the president, right? Um, he has the Congress and he has the Senate and he has the opportunity to do his policies, well, how have them policies worked out for us, America? Right. So this now we're seeing a clear example of two different parties, two different philosophies that when they were in charge and had a chance to run things, how did it work out? So take your hat off. Take your Republican hat off, your Democrat hat off, your conservative, your liberal hat. Take them off. Take them off. Put on your common sense hat, your clear glasses to see truth. And let's look. When the Republicans and Trump were in charge, uh, other than having to fight off nonsense and lies for three years and attempts to impeach over nonsense, were the policies put in place by Trump better for America, better for you as an individual, better for our whole country, or are the Biden policies better for you and our country and our families, right? So let's see. Was a dollar ninety a gallon gasoline better than four dollar and fifty cents a gallon gasoline. Simple question. No Republican Democrat hat on. Common sense. Ask yourself the question. Was it better to have a dollar ninety gasoline or to have four dollar and fifty cent gallon gasoline? I'm gonna say dollar ninety a gallon gasoline is probably better for America. Probably better for, for all our citizens, for everybody in every community. Doesn't matter where you are politically. Dollar and ninety gasoline a gallon is better than four fifty. Give that one to the Republicans. Is it better that we had a secure border, the most secure border, I think, and I think that's probably true, uh, the lowest number of people sneaking into the country, and those that got to come in had to follow the policies. They had to follow the law. That seems that's like a dirty word to say, that you expect people to follow the law. No, that's wrong. You're racist. You hate people. No, just follow the law. And if they follow the law and they should be allowed in, they should be allowed in and then welcome to the country. So was it better to have a secure border with very, very few people coming in, very, very few terrorists getting across the border and plotting against ex-presidents? Or is it better that we have the open border and we have uh, almost three million people, we don't know who they are, in our country now, in various places, and we don't know who they are. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know what resources they're, they're using that could be used by the American communities where they've landed. Now, that's not to disparage those people. They're looking for a better life. Well, that's great. I want a better life. I'm going to go on my neighbor's house and take his car. He's got a beautiful Tesla. I think I'll drive that around because uh, it's, I just want to improve my life. We, we don't do those kind of things, right? So were we better with a closed border, 
the, the Trump closed border, safe, secure border, or the Biden wide open border? What was be- what's better for America? What's better for our economy? What's better for our finances? What's better for our safety and security? <clears throat> that one goes to the Trump era, all right? It was better to have a safe and secure border, better than the open border we have now. Let's see. Uh, there's a lot to be said about COVID-19. Let's look at uh, states that were uh, more conservative, more Republican, who stayed open and didn't shut their people down. Now, we have, well, let's look at the example of Florida. Florida stayed open. People stayed working. The state did really, really well. Look at New York, where we shut people down. We destroyed the economy. We destroyed people's livelihoods. Which was better, staying open and dealing with the pandemic uh, in a realistic medical way? Or uh, all of this uh, fear-mongering and masking and shutting down and keeping kids from going to school and nobody could see each other and going on. What was better for you personally? Remember, take your Republican and your Democrat hat off. Common sense. Look at the situation as it really is. What was better, Florida or New York or New Jersey or any of the states that closed down, the, those kind of states? <clears throat> that one goes to Florida and the more conservative way of dealing with it. Right? So there's so far, there's three. There's three big things. All right, let's look at that. Energy independence, right? That kind of goes along with the gas price. That's kind of where that is. Was it better that we had our own fuel, that we created, that we supplied other countries, that we had a, a uh, not only enough fuel for our country, but we could export? Was that better? Or is it better now that we're running around begging countries that hate us uh, begging dictators around the world to please pump more gas. What was better, having our own fuel, enough fuel that we could for our own consumption, and low prices that we could push out to our people and to our our our, our uh, friends around the world, or is it better that we have four dollar and fifty cent a gallon gas? Uh, we have all kinds of problems. We're begging dictators. What is better? What again? What is better for everybody? that one has to go the other way too, to the conservative point of view. You know, if I was just a, a bump on a log, one of these undecided people, which I can't imagine how you can be undecided. Now you have two perfectly clear examples, not of the personalities of the people. It's really not about the personalities of the people. It's about the policies of the people. What is the philosophy, the governing philosophy? How does it work out for you? Not what did somebody tweet that you don't like or you're offended by because somebody said something stupid. You'd rather pay $4.50 a gallon for gasoline, have no food in the stores, have empty uh, baby food formula, but thank goodness there's no mean tweets. Now, I'm just asking that question. Remember, I got no Republican or Democrat hat on right now. I have my common sense hat on. And I'm just asking myself, let's look at that situation. What was better? Having these shortages, these supply chain problems, these lockdowns, these shutdowns of our economy, people who won't go back to work, people who can't go back to work, um, high prices on foods, meat, try some meat. How much is meat these days? A ridiculous cost, right? Everything is out of control. Inflation at 8.5%, 40, 50 year highs. What's better? Low inflation, lower food prices, abundant food, or shortages of everything, 8% inflation, 
and a ridiculous cost to everything. What's better? Let's think now. Now let's take a minute here. That's a hard one. That's a lot to 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 put together in our heads. So let's give it a minute. Do 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 do. That one goes to a conservative policy premise as well. Um, low inflation is good. Lower prices are good. Abundance of things are good. So while individual things may cause these problems. Right? Oh, it's not Biden's fault. He can't have nothing to do with gasoline. It's up to the stingy gas people to charge $19. Nope. It's about supply and demand. He shut down pipelines. He shut down drilling. He shut down all of America's uh, ability to not only be self-sufficient, but to send it out. And now we're begging dictators for fuel. And our fuel costs are doing exactly what happens when you have limited supply of something that's in demand. The price goes way, way up. And it's not stopped yet. How are you going to like paying $5 a gallon gas in a few weeks? And then in the summertime, how's it going to be to pay $6 gallon gas in the Northeast? California, you'll probably be getting a mortgage so that you can uh, get some gasoline in your car. You know, all of these things have consequences. Policy and philosophy has consequences. We've now had these perfect examples to back-to-back administrations And in the four years of the conservative administration, life was better. Sure, it was annoying and there were mean tweets going around. Oh boy. But life for the average citizen for every community was better. Now, in only less than two years of the next kind of administration, it's gone to hell in a handbasket in less than two years. What do you think is going to happen to the next two years? Is it going to get better? Or do you think it's going to get worse? Let's think about that for a minute. Hmm. We have all of these policy-related problems that are causing our difficulties. And we can either A, continue them, double down on them, and add more of them to the pile. Or we can realize, okay, we've now had a chance to see how this works, and it does not work. We need to go back to policies that actually did work. What should we do here? Hmm. Well, let's see. We don't have any. We don't have any affiliation hat on. Remember, we're just common sense. What is better, going back to policies that worked, or doubling down on things that we now know very clearly do not work and are ruining our ability to live, feed our families, and uh, and afford a life? Let's see. What should it be? I'm going to have to go with go back to policies that worked. I mean, I, I'm just being common sense here. I mean, what, what should I do? If I put my hand on a table and I take a hammer and I hit my fingers and it hurts really, really bad, should I go back and hit my fingers again? Or should I maybe say, you know what? Why don't I move my fingers and hit the table with the hammer and then it doesn't hurt so much? Hmm, what would common sense dictate? Do you get what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going here? It's not about personalities. You can dislike the leader. If the policies are good, sound, and proven, that is how you make a better life for everybody. You know, no baby formula. Think about that. There's no baby formula? Well, this company shut itself down. Why'd they shut itself down? Were they regulated to death? Right? What happened there? I don't think we know the full story. We're only getting one side of the story. So all of these things that go on, all of these things that happen in our country are uh, the result of, of choices. They're all on purposes. And I guess my point here is really to be clear about, and I make a joke, no Republican or Democrat hat, because people are so 
so uh, welded to their their philosophy or their their party that they can't see the forest through the trees. Right? So I'm just asking you take a minute and be clear about things and just take out the tweets, take out your your, your offense about the tweets, take out the red orange man running around saying take that out. Take out the concerns about uh, elderly Joe Biden, uh, that he's cognitively impaired. Take all of that stuff away and just look at the policies and how they actually play out on the road. And people can argue about this all they want and they can come up with little nuance as to why this is happening or that's happening. But the reality is we have a stark comparison here. Now, a real press, a real media would be asking the questions that I'm asking. They would be doing 60-minute specials on let's see what was better. They'd be down at the border with cameras watching what goes on. Instead of um, uh, somebody who's, who's doing journalism and follows one of the busloads of illegal people who were bust in the middle of the night, we would have the regular media doing that and going, why are you bringing all these people to uh, Oklahoma? Why are you letting them go here? Why is there a terrorist in Florida? They would ask these questions. But that's another part of the problem that we have. They've got to be clear on. Is the media being honest with us? Okay, again, take your hats back off again. Republican and Democrat hat. Let's look at another thing. Is our media giving us the information we need to make honest and, and real decisions? Or are they giving us biased answers, biased reporting to prove a point? Right? Where are the articles and where is the real digging on the Hunter Biden laptop to find out? Was the president of the United States, when he was vice president, was he uh, encumbered to China and to Russia and to the oligarchs and all these people that we seem to want to get Trump for? And we have it right in front of us. There really is evidence that he is, and so is his son. Where's all the stories? You know, the reporters won't even dare write the stories because if they do, they'll be blackballed. They'll be run out of their organization. So is that a better type of media that is biased and one-sided or is a free media that investigates and wants to report facts, not just opinion, which is better for the American people, for you as a citizen of America? Which one is better? Let's think about that. A media that's biased, lies to us, covers up things they don't want us to know about and supports one particular party over another, or a media that sends its people out to investigate, to hold, uh, what's they're saying? Hold truth to power. And that what they thought? Truth to power. That's what we're going to do. Hold truth to power. Except, of course, if it's our power, we don't want no truth held to it. Which is better for you? What is better for your family? What is better for our country? Right? These are the questions that a real media would be asking and answering, but they're not, which, let me give you the buzzer. The answer to that question clearly is a free, honest media that provides facts and lets us make our own decision of what we think about facts, but they vet the facts. They get to the truth. They present truth and not their version of the truth. That would be better. That would be better. So let's do a roundup now. Let's figure this out. We're, 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 our time is quickly dwindling here. I hope you're having a good afternoon like me. Um, we've looked at things and we've decided with, with our hats off, no bias here. We're looking honestly and we have decided, I think, uh, that it's better to have 
a lot of fuel we create ourselves so we can have lower prices in our own country, lower costs to energy, which runs everything. Uh, and a dollar ninety gasoline is better than shortages, gas at four fifty a gallon, destroying the economy and straining the life out of the American population. We've we've decided that that's one thing that's true. Uh, what's better? Wide open borders where terrorists can get in. People come flying in. We don't know where they are. We don't know who they are. Uh, we don't know what they're doing. Uh, or a secure border where people follow the rules, apply, and try and get in. I think we've agreed there. A solid, secure border is better for all Americans. Everybody in every single community, city, town in our country. That's better. Um, what else have we decided? Oh, we decided that a media that is dedicated to truth and honesty and reporting the news as opposed to reporting their opinion or pushing their agenda is better for the American people. So there you are here on Chasing Justice in our search for justice and truth. I think we've come to some common sense um, points of view, some things we needed to think about. I think we actually vetted them out pretty well. So I'm hoping that there are people on the right and on the left right now that are tucking their hair back up underneath their hats to put on their Republican, Democrat, liberal, uh, conservative hat. And now they're like, boy, they've really been stung with some thoughts that they have to think about, common sense. They had to look at something clearly. And maybe there will be a, a reckoning where they will say to themselves, you know, geez, let me be truthful. What we've been doing is not working what we've been doing is detrimental to me, my family, my country, everybody around me. Maybe we need to get off the, uh, the, the political thing and maybe we need to do the uh, American thing. Look out for each other. Do right things. Change the policies that aren't working. Find policies that will work, that are proven to have worked so that we can all live a better and decent life. That is the idea, my friends. Right? That is not a hatred. That is not a this. That is not. That's a common sense. We need to get back to a point of common sense so that our country can thrive and grow to be a healthy, strong place where freedom is the key for everybody in the world, and especially for us Americans. So thanks for this journey with me today. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. And remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And think clearly about it.